What does it mean to live with less stuff and more compassion? That's the question we aim to answer every Monday on the Minimalist Vegan Podcast. Hi, we're Michael and Marsha O'Fay, and this week we're changing things up a little bit. We're changing formats, and we're giving you an update on a variety of things that are happening in our world. Everything from self-employment, routines, intermittent fasting, debt, and much more. Uh, this is a, a pretty fun episode for us to record. It's a, it's a way for Marsha and I to also catch up and, and take a breather. So I hope you enjoy it. And uh, as always, would love your feedback. Anyway, I'll leave it at that for now. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody. Um, welcome to this episode. We, um, we thought we'll change things up this week and, and talk about a few updates uh, in our world because it's it's been uh, three weeks since we went full-time into the Minimalist Vegan uh, and a lot has happened since and a lot um, that we have planned for everybody. Um, but when things are moving fast in life, we like to t- sometimes take a break, a bit of a pause just to reflect on where things are at. So, you know, hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll not only have an insight into what um, you know, behind the scenes in terms of what we're doing and what we're up to, but we'll also inspire you to, you know, maybe take a quick break, a breather, come up for air and just maybe reflect on where you're at and where you want to um, go moving forward. Um, so, yeah, we've got a, quite a few dot points to um, to go through in this episode. Um, where would you like to start, Marsha? Well, it would be fitting to start off by talking about being self-employed and starting that journey Sure. Um, on going into full-time with The Minimalist Vegan and, yeah, what we've been up to and the challenges and the things that we've learned in that time. Yeah, okay. So, a, a, a few things. For those for those of you who don't know, so we, um, you know, we, we had an episode on this a few episodes back about having the courage to quit. So, Marsha and I um, made the decision to um, quit our day jobs to really focus on The Minimalist Vegan. Um, and then use that as a vehicle to eventually travel overseas and move overseas to Slovenia later on this year. We're currently in Australia. Uh, and with that, our self-employment is a little bit unconventional because we actually work uh, with each other and we work from home, specifically Marsha's parents um, home at the moment. So, um, you know, in terms of what that experience has been like, um, you know, I think if you're listening to this episode um, working from home and doing things online can sound a bit um, uh, perhaps aspirational or might sound fun. Um, but I think, you know, there's some really interesting considerations if you're considering, um, you know, going down that path. Um, so, you know, what what have you enjoyed so far um, about being self-employed? Um Mainly just having the freedom, sure. the freedom to do what you want, when you want, get up when you want, um, go to sleep when you want and have to stress about waking up earlier the next day. That's probably been the most enjoyable part for me because I know I get stressed and anxious around schedules and time frames and being somewhere at a specific time, um, especially if it's back to back, I find that quite overwhelming. Um, and not having as, well, I guess now having more time to get things done in saying that we've upped 
our game so much that it's like unbelievable the amount of work you know there's there's always something to do yeah and always things that are kind of um simmering and things that we're talking about for the future or you know focusing on what we're doing right now so there's a very interesting dynamic with um where we're taking things. yeah you make a really good point because i think um you know as we talk about minimalism and veganism, it, you know, for us, it's all about intentionality and we want to apply, you know, the values that we have in those areas to the way we work as well. And I think when you have um, a job to go to, right, and you're employed by an employer, normally there is a expected start time and finish time. Uh, and that's actually really great because it establishes a routine. So, you know, you can plan your day around it. You go to work uh, and then you come home and you know that when you're done, you're done. Now, the thing with being self-employed is that it's kind of like going back to school. There's always more you can do for an assignment or a test coming up. And it's the same for your business. There's always more that you can do. So it's about finding the where you draw that line of when it starts and when it ends. And sometimes too much freedom, uh, what we found... Um, can really disrupt a routine and can be a bit all over the place. But I think we've had many discussions about keeping things really constrained and then keeping it really open. And I think we're still trying to find that middle ground working at home. But I think it's much better now because the focus is one. Yep. It's not going to work to the day job and then coming home. And, you know, I mean, for me, it's pretty much always been that way. Yep. Having the day job than having the side gig. Yes. So... Um, it's just nice to be able to focus on the one thing for once and be wholeheartedly in that rather than like, oh, you know, compartmentalizing your brain into a million different things. I mean, it's still, there's multitude of, you know, variety in what we're doing, but at the end of the day, it's all under the same umbrella. Yes. So it's all spreading the same message. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, what are, you know, for those listening to this who uh, work at home or want to think about working at home, what have you found uh, to be some of the challenges with that? Um, You know, whether it be other people in the house or focusing or things like that? Um, Well, the challenges have been setting up a routine and giving it the right timeframes and the right schedule because it ends up, Like I've noticed that we'll, you know, book something in for two hours and it takes three to four hours. So I think it's, you know, I find that that's probably one of the biggest challenges is setting expectations as to how long things actually take to be done. The other one is um, being in the right mindset to do certain things. I find that, you know, if I schedule to do uh, deep work, but maybe I'm too tired or I'm brain fogged or there's something else that's going on that I can't actually get to that state um, of work, then, you know, I'll either have to swap it yeah, out for and, something And for else. deep work, what we mean by that is like, um, like if we have to sit down and write an article for two hours straight or brainstorm a recipe or, you know, some sort of creative endeavor as opposed to like admin, like answering an email uh, or responding to a comment or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. 
How about you? Um, yeah, I would say I think it's just, it's, you know, when you go to a day job and you actually go out of the house, um, you are not typically like interrupted as much. I mean, you're not interrupted at all by people at home. But I think when you're working at home, it's really uh, like you don't have that office hours up for, you know, family around the house. So it's like there's a lot of just interruptions and conversation and things like well, that. Well, if you're living at home, but if yeah. you, you know, if we were just living on our own, it would be different. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, you may have a spouse that may not be, you know, uh, working in the business or something like that. So I hear this for a lot of people working at home is just like, um, you know, for your loved ones to sort of understand that it is time for you to work as well. Um, and you're not getting drawn into, like both of us not getting drawn into things that might need to be done around the house and things like that and the staying focused. So um, I've also found that like, um, yeah, like when I need to do deep work, I find it a lot easier to go out to like a cafe or something. Uh, and just change the environment to be able to do some of that other type of work. It just gives me a different look and a different level of inspiration to do that heavy lifting as well. Um, in terms of the routine that we've kind of been setting, what do you think's working? What do you think we need to improve on there? Yeah, so we've tried a few different things. So um, we've tried planning out a whole week in advance and uh, we got a lot of work done by doing that but it felt super restrictive <laughs> um, and that's what i meant yeah. when i said before like sometimes you are not in the right mindset for it or it takes longer sure. and then you kind of have to juggle things and that throws out the rest of the week because you have scheduled the whole week yeah for certain tasks absolutely so i think um we're just looking for a bit of a workflow where we can have some flexibility um, and then actually do things when we're feeling motivated to do them. Um, so I think that's still something we're working out and, um, we'll certainly have another podcast coming up around productivity. It's something that we've done really well, I think in our personal lives, but mixing that in with business as I become one is, uh, you know, with, with bigger projects and things, um, presents some challenges that we're working through at the moment. So we'll keep you guys posted on what that system looks like. Um, but I think, yeah, it's just, you know, I think it's also just finding energy of the day. Hmm. So I think, you know, some people have more energy in the morning, some people have more energy in the evening. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I've noticed that for both of us, like right in the middle of the day, um, I know for me anyway, it, I don't feel as motivated to work. Like I'd rather be doing something else, going out and about or watching basketball or something like that. But then as I get into the late afternoon or the evening, I find that I actually get really motivated to do work. Um, so that's something I didn't realize or recognize in myself from having a day job um, that I actually probably have a bit more energy in the late afternoon and evening. So I think it's just building a schedule that works best with our natural energy and motivation as well. Mm. Yeah, Taking naps as well. Yeah. Good afternoon. Yes. <laughs> after lunch. Actually, that's a good uh, talking about sleep, though. Um, I think that's a really good segue to um, some really great benefits of having complete control of your um, calendar and schedule. Um, and, you know, some of you may or may not know that I've been experimenting with intermittent fasting. 
Um, and what I mean by that is I've basically just been eating one big meal a day uh, with coffees in there as well. Um, but, you know, I'm just doing that to give my body a proper rest in between meals. Um, and I've been doing that for the whole month of April and I will be writing quite a big lengthy blog post at the end of this month to document uh, what that process has been like. But um, it's it's been really interesting because since going full-time into the minimalist vegan and not working on the minimalist vegan and a day job and life, I've just had a lot more sort of mental capacity to sort of think about what I want to do with health. And I think that's when the real benefit of controlling your own schedules come into play because um, rather than having such a strict schedule to wake up really early or later to go to work, um, I'm finding that I'm able to get as much sleep as my body needs, uh, wake up, take chewy for nice long walks, do some exercise and, and focus on intermittent fasting and stretching and all of these different things which I struggled to sort of think about before. Um, so I would say that's a big benefit of being self-employed so far is to be able to actually test my body and, and actually um, get away from running on adrenals to actually energy as well. Mm. Um, so that's been really exciting. Um, so why did you decide to fast? Well, as I said, just uh, I just felt like I was at a point where I wanted to try something different for my health. Okay. Um, and but where did the fasting idea come from? Um, I, I th- it's something that's been on my radar for a few years, actually. Um, when I was looking at, uh, like longevity, life longevity and doing research around that, I don't know how I started researching longevity, but when I was looking into that, I, um, I stumbled across, uh, one meal a day, which was a form of intermittent fasting. And, um, yeah, I just, I just saw that. Uh, a lot of people were able to lose a lot of weight. They were able to um, get their digestion working really well uh, and increase their life expectancy and from energy and energy um, from this way of eating. Um, so it was always really appealing to me, but it just didn't seem like something feasible, something that I was motivated to do uh, over the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, as I said, from, from freeing up that extra bit of time, um, I just had more capacity to, to fool around with it. And how are you feeling? I feel pretty good. I look, largely I feel quite similar to, um, the way I felt before I started. Um, but I must admit that, um, I, you know, my, uh, I'm not feeling anywhere near as hungry as I did before. Like, so I'm not feeling you know, like I need to eat as much, obviously, I think because my, my stomach is, is obviously shrunk. Um, you know, my energy levels are pretty consistent, but I've always had pretty decent energy levels. Um, but I, I have noticed that like um, when I do go out and exercise, when I, I take Chewy out for a walk, I do have a lot more energy. Like I feel like like I've gone for, like I'm running more than I used to. I'm doing more squats and push-ups. Like I, I do have a lot more physical energy. Um, but I also think the stretching has been helping with that too. And sleeping. And I've been sleeping a lot more. And less stress. Yeah. All so the above. combination. Yes. <laughs> and um, so you normally eat lunch. So it's a 24-hour period typically around lunchtime. Yeah. But it's been interesting because we've had some like, in April, we've had my birthday dinner and we've gone out for dinner with friends or, you know, we've gone away and all of that. 
how is that because I know that like I've put myself through multiple diets in the past where sometimes it was very restrictive as to what I could eat Mm -hmm. um so I know how you felt not that actually I don't remember ever going out somewhere not eating at all but um being the odd one out or being the person that people feel sorry for how is that been for you knowing that you're going out somewhere but you're gonna have to watch everybody else eat surprisingly it's been okay but i think i always go in with the mentality of um i kind of want to prove it to myself and to others that i'm not causing inconvenience i'm still going to have a great time Mm. so in the you know for your birthday for example i you know, I watched everybody eat this incredible you Asian, staring at me, Asian fusion like... <laughs> vegan food. Um, with, you know, that was really flavorsome and hot chili and everything. But, you know, I was excited just for everybody else to enjoy the food. Like I saw that everybody was enjoying the food and that got me excited and I was still able to engage in conversation. Um, but, but I felt the pressure from you. Like you were staring at me as I was eating and I was like, I better give this guy commentary as to how good oh, it is. But then I felt nervous to say that it's good because then I didn't want you to feel bad. Oh, do you know what that was though? I was more taking mental note for if I was to come back. Yeah. So I was looking and for reactions. And I think that's why you were was... probably okay because you knew, well, if it's good, we'll definitely come back. Yeah, and I was like, you know, ourselves. and if it's disappointing, then I know. Like, So I was actually able to see, it was funny, I was able to watch people's reactions hmm. to build up a case in my mind whether it was going to be worth me coming and spending my one meal a day here but probably mine in particular because we have fairly similar tastes when it comes to food so you're probably like so yeah has the food yeah (laughs) it's like getting that instant feedback um so that's the way i approached it Mm. uh when we went out to eat with friends uh at their house yeah it was the same thing i just gave them the heads up and i just i don't know i just it's. I think it's what you make of it. You can sit there and be miserable or you can go and try and have a good time and show that you're okay. So, But I think, I think it's actually easier rather than saying, oh, I'm on such a strict diet, you know, I can only eat this, this and this. And yeah. it puts the pressure on them to make sure that they can deliver something for you that you can actually eat and everyone to enjoy. Yep. So it's easier for them just to be like, yep, it just needs to be vegan. Michael's not eating, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. One less mouth to feed. Yes. You know, so I think from a practical point of view, it can actually be a little bit easier on people than, you know, a specific diet. Yes. I mean, vegan is a specific diet in in some way, but it's not as restrictive as taking out like, you know, soy and legumes or specific vegetables or whatever to um, for them to have to accommodate. Yeah. So absolutely, and I think you um talking about making it easier on others. I'd say the thing I've enjoyed the most about eating one meal a day is the simplicity. Like I don't know how many times I've told you, you probably get sick of it, but I love the fact that. No, I'm jealous. <laughs> oh really? Because like... I kind of just see you getting on with your morning or getting on with your evening, and I'm like in the kitchen or deciding what to eat and going great, like. I kind of wish that I was doing it too, but then at the same time, I know that it's it's not for me. Like my body yeah. wouldn't cope with one meal a day. So I think that's another good point to make is that intermittent fasting or one meal a day is not for everyone. Yeah. Um, because I start to, you know, get lightheaded if I don't eat or get really bad pains and yeah. all that sort of stuff. So um, 
you know, I'm kind of envious in a way because it just yeah. simplifies things and it goes along with our minimalist theory of life and philosophy it, it's, really well. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like it's like, see this hearing you talk, it's like, just think about how These much time we yeah. spend thinking about food. Yeah. We're always thinking about like what's the next meal and what to yeah. prepare and what to get or where to get it from. And it, it's just calmed my brain so much and it's cheaper. Like it's so much cheaper to eat one meal a day. Mm. Um, so um, I, I think, you know, I'll be really keen to, like I haven't weighed myself or anything. I'm going to do that at the end of Mind the month. Mind you, you did say to me yesterday, I look skinnier, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Give it to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was fishing for it. But um, yeah, so I, I think that would be interesting to see. But, you know, I don't have huge expectations around the, the health side. I think it's just super convenient and simple. I think it can um, go longer than a month. I think yeah. it could actually become one of those things that you just do on and off for the rest of your life because Maybe. it seems like such a practical thing, as I said yes. before. Like I I think that it's a great idea and less the less decisions you need to make on a daily basis, honestly, the better. For sure. Especially when you're focusing on, you know, trying to create different things or you know, like what we're doing, yep. it just makes more sense to not have to be focusing. And especially when I cook everything from scratch, you know, it's not like it's 10 minutes and it's done, you yeah. know, like that might be breakfast, but I don't make generally meals that take that short amount of time because yeah. it's, you know, takes time to cook good quality food. Absolutely. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah, so uh, that's the that's the update for health. Yeah, what yeah. else has been been happening? Well, there's something that we were talking about, where, and I was umming and ahhing of whether or not we should share it because it's actually quite personal. Sure. And we don't even talk about this with our friends and stuff. So to share it with yes. with people we don't even know, I wasn't sure, but I think it's something that should be talked more about. And yeah. um you know, more people probably do have it than not. So, mm. and that's debt, uh, yes. which we've managed to clear. Yes. Um, we had over $20,000 Australian dollars worth of debt six months ago. And we've managed to clear that in the space of six months. Yep. So, um, we've been... Well, we held on to that debt for a while, which oh, accumulated had, over the years. We've had debt basically since we started dating, like on and off. You had debt. Yeah, <laughs> I had debt. So, Marsha inherited my debt. Um, but it's interesting how debt just sort of um, builds in all of our lives. And, and you know, I know from a like a teenager, like 18, 19 years old, I started accumulating debt, buying brand new motorcycles and all this stuff. And um, and then that sort of lingered with us for a while. Um, you know, I my dad passed away. I got an inheritance that helped clear the debt and then we brought back debt somehow. So it was... Well, it wasn't somehow. Like we did a lot after that. You know, we yep. got married, we traveled, you know, to two different continents and... Like, and actually, and we had a honeymoon. So, there was a lot of things started that a business. we did. We started a business. Yeah. We closed that business. Yeah. So, you know, and then we've got failings in the background that we've had to drip feed money into as well. 
Oh, um, you mean a minimalist vegan? What did I say? Failings. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that was the business that yeah. we opened and closed. But yeah. yeah, into the minimalist vegan. Um, well, both, you know, but yeah. the minimalist vegan as well, because until recently we haven't, you know, until we wrote our first book, we haven't monetized it at all. So it was literally every month we had thousands upon thousands of people visiting our website every week, but no revenue coming in to be able to pay for all of that. Yeah. So it's been really good to to start generating some income and now thinking about, you know, moving forward and how yeah. all of that's going to play out and, you know, support us full time and Yeah, but that. I mean, but I mean the, but yeah, so, but what you just said was really interesting because I think for, for many of us who have debt and it, you know, we, I think we can all justify it with good decisions or valid reasons for having the debt. I mean, we didn't have to travel. We yeah. didn't have to do a lot of things, <laughs> but we did. So, so this is a really interesting thing in our journey is that, um, you know, I think, I think some people are really fortunate to be raised with good financial knowledge, yeah. like, and just how to manage money. Um, you know, how to keep your expenses down, your, you know, your income more than that, how to save, uh, how to get your money to work for you and all of that stuff. And, and I think, you know, for me, I, I do have a background in finance and counting and surprise, my, parents, surprise. <laughs> my, my parents are, are pretty good um, with managing that. But I personally, I've had my struggles in that area with debt. Um, but I think, um, you know, when you're forced to run a business and to be an adult and to understand the weight of debt, like we talk about clutter as minimalists, right? One of the biggest forms of clutter you can have is debt. That mm. just hangs over you. That's why we're not interested in owning a house. Like a mortgage is just like, and that's for life. For most people, that's for life. So it's not like I think I'd struggle with the idea of paying for something double by the time that it was, you know, yeah. paid off. Because I remember a few years ago when you were still in real estate, many years ago, when we went to see the financial advisor. Yep. Um, the broker. Yeah, yeah. At your firm and talked about, you know, well, if you buy a house for this much, it would be this much by the time that you paid it off in 30 years or something. And my jaw just dropped. I was like, what? You end up paying like double? Yeah. I was like, forget it. There's no way in hell that I'd ever want to own a house well, but, for but that I mean, purpose. But, you know, I think a lot of people listening to this have made that work for them. Yeah. Like I've got friends who um, who go into a mortgage, but then they really pay it off fast, yeah, like yeah. in 10 years. And but they've you got sacrifice, an asset. obviously. Yeah, a lot but they have an asset that, that they yeah. own outright yeah. for the rest of their lives. Oh, so look, it's not all bad, but just I think from that realization and not looking honestly that much further into it, that scared me off completely. Yeah. And, you know, everyone's got a different lifestyle for people that are happy where they are and they want to live somewhere long term. That seems like a feasible thing to do if you have a proper plan in place and, you know, you've got well-paying jobs that can actually help you pay that off much faster. So yeah. that's totally understandable. But our lifestyle does not fit in. I mean, who knows where we're going to be in five years' time, let alone getting a mortgage for 30 years. Yeah, and I think so, and I think with um, it's what we've discovered going in and out of debt and in and then out again. <laughs> 
is um, and hopefully never in again <laughs> well never again but i think it's actually um this has become more philosophical yes there's some tools and some execution and planning that we put in place that we're really proud of mm. um to to clear the debt but i actually think there's something more philosophical about living debt free mm. um because and what that means for agility uh what that means for simplicity mm. and living with intentionality um, you know, that's what the realization I've come to. And, um, you know, another one of our updates is, you know, we're, we're actually looking at, um, what we are in the process of planning a range of online courses for our audience and community around various topics. And, and one of the courses is going to be around money. Um, it's called minimalist money. And it's actually about some of the strategies that, you know, people, ordinary people like Marsha and I have used to actually clear our debt, but, also, you know, building a bit of a philosophy around debt-free living and, uh, and simplicity um, to, around that as yeah. well. So it's part execution and tools and it's part mindset and really excited to put that together in that curriculum because I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with mm. uh, and it's a, it's a point of tension in a lot of relationships at home. Yeah. Um, but also just for if you're interested in, in minimalist living, why not apply that same philosophy to money? Yeah, I think the thing that I found most liberating in that whole process when we first went into, you know, really attacking it was the stress attached to the unknown and no plan of how, like empowering yourself with, okay, we had mass, we had maybe two or three spreadsheets, like we were really organized about it. And I think a lot of people are scared of actually sitting down and calculating how much debt they're in. They don't want to know because it's overwhelming, it's stressful, and it can cause everyday anxiety knowing you've got this minus of thousands of dollars typically, you know, that you've got to pay off. Yeah. So, because um, I mean, I even know personally there's people in my life that have debt but they don't, they don't want to think about it. They don't want to o- open envelopes that come from debt collectors or from people that they, you know, from companies that they owe money to, like, you know, for their phone bill if they haven't paid it in a long time. And I think it can be very paralyzing and stressful for a lot of people. And I found that for me as well and not being in control um, and not feeling like we're moving anywhere with it, you know, yeah. just stagnant, like, you know, when you're paying interest, it's really stressful to try and pay that little bit more to actually get you anywhere without just paying the interest every month yeah. and just seeing that number kind of stay stagnant or even increase in some situations. So yeah. if anything, it was a really empowering and um, necessary process to bring that control back to you and go, actually, I've got this, like I can do this and I, you know, we can tackle this together. It's, as you said before, it is mindset. So it's not just about, oh, well, let's go out and have a lavish dinner every night. Not that we were doing that before, but being more intentional. I guess for us, like we had a goal, obviously, you know, we're moving to Europe in four or five months time. And we didn't, there was no way we were planning on taking that debt with us. And we wanted to clear it as quickly as possible so that we don't have to be paying it off. We can actually start in the plus and continue up from there. Yeah, build a runway. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It 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 was, we had so much momentum when we actually just put the plan in place 
and started executing and building momentum it it was so liberating Mm. um and and i think it's a it's a really strong character building exercise Mm. when you get to the top of it you know it's like all these things we're doing one meal a day and being self-employed and clearing debt it's all character building for your own self-confidence to know that you can do it so Mm. um yeah so that's an update and um you know i just want to say one thing that i just thought about now it's like when you're building momentum and doing things like that, it's like running, you know, like you progress, you can run longer, you can run faster. Yeah. And that's, as you start building that momentum, you can actually speed things up and move things along. Yep. Maybe even quicker because you've got that momentum and you kind of get where things are at and oh, it's like, oh, well, I'll put an extra hundred dollars on that this week because you feel like, yeah. you know, you just get excited about it and For it sure. becomes kind of, a little bit more of a focus in your life to clear it as quickly as possible. Yeah. But I think the one thing that I was really proud of us for was making sure that we um, transferred into zero interest, which is, you know, something that we saved hundreds of dollars oh, on. Oh, yeah. Making sure that we did that. Oh, there's but, heaps of things. We've got, we, yeah. we talked about minimum viable income, we, we redefine monthly budgeting. Like, mm. there's so much that we well, this learned. This is why you're creating a course yeah, around yeah. it because there's a lot to there's share. There's so much. There's so much practical, tangible things. Yeah. Um, we'll and put it, a it, link to the course in the show notes yeah, for you as yeah. well. Yeah, it gets super nerdy, but it's philosophical as well. That's what I like about mm. it. Um, like, really comfortable talking about money and, and that now. Uh, and and now it's about um, creating that money and and, and more opportunities in the future and um, creating good relationship, a healthy relationship with it. Well, I think that's where people kind of don't want to talk to others about it is because they feel ashamed and embarrassed. Oh, for sure. But when I you think that about it, most people have it, but yet hardly anyone talks about it. And it's like, well, if you've got a good tool, you want to share that with others Absolutely. so that they can feel the way that you do. Like I remember two years ago, there was. I was working for my mom in her clinic and um, this girl that was a cleaner for us for a few months, she came out of the session. So I kind of knew her and she'd been seeing my mom for a little while. She came out and she's like, oh, I'm finally debt free. You know, like I owe it to this book and she explained it to me and she was just so happy. And she's like, you know, we've got more money than we ever did before, but it's not like either of them were working more. And just the joy and excitement that I saw yeah. in her face, I was like, I want that. Yeah. And um, it was interesting because I actually went and bought that book and it's been a massive seller in Australia and he's redone what, that What, The Barefoot book. Investor? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's been an interesting journey. Um, even just, you know, I think of that kind of kick-started things and just kind of getting you into gear. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was just interesting to see how someone else that I don't have that much of a personal connection with shared that with me because she was just so excited yeah, and, and so proud. And everyone who's listened to this who have, you know, um, got themselves into debt and then worked them, their way out of it, know that feeling, mm. that feeling of that weight lifted off you and you're just like lighter and, and, and you kind of want to build more momentum the other way. Mm. So, um, yeah, look, if any way that uh, we can help through our experience, that would be amazing mm-hmm. i want everybody to feel this way um so so you started talking about courses before you might as well continue <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what's what's new in that space well so we've got we've so we've made the decision we've been umming and ahhing about a few different things of how we want to approach 
I guess, things moving forward with the minimalist vegan and what direction we want to, you know, take it and what we feel like is the natural and organic progression from what we're currently doing. Um, and, you know, we both realized that we're actually pretty good teachers and that we love teaching and, and sharing with others our knowledge and, and, um, experiences and experiences in particular so um we've created a website called minimalistcourses.com and at this point in Clean time name. yeah i don't believe that domain name was available <laughs> yeah we were, we were going back and forth with what to call it and then we wanted to keep it relatively broad because who knows what we'll put on there in the future but we kind of wanted it pretty clean and so i just said to michael i'll just check if minimalist courses is available and it was and i was like you have to buy dot that com. <laughs> yeah. dot com. not dot co yeah. or dot guys net. <laughs> and we're super nerdy with domain names you know where um you know i think we've got like five registered i know people who've got like 20 or 30 um but yeah minimalist courses was something we did not expect to be available mm. yeah. well it was which is you know obviously was meant to be exactly um, and yeah, so at this point in time, when we're recording this, we have four different courses. I'm teaching two and Michael's teaching two. Yeah. Um, and... Well, they're not available right now. No. Yeah. But you can sign up, you can go to the website and you can sign up to, um, to learn more and we can let you know once they, once they go live. Yep. Um, but... Funnily enough, one of them is minimalist money, which is what was Michael was talking about earlier. Um, and the other one is Zero Waste Kitchen, which is what I'll be leading, yes. um, which is just creating a system and a philosophy of how to go z- as zero waste as possible. Nothing can be completely zero waste, but um, just giving you some tips and tricks on how to actually utilize your kitchen in the best way possible how to do your shopping, you know, I've worked in the industry and I've been living like this for the last few years, so... Marsha's a jar lady. The jar you got, lady. You've got mason jars <laughs> everywhere you take yeah. with you. And they're labelled. She runs it, She runs uh, our kitchens like a storefront. Mm. Like, you know, pecans are down and <laughs> they're topped up the next day. So, yeah, so you um you, you have really gone deep into this topic um, of waste across the whole household, but we thought a kitchen is a really good place to start. Yeah, um, and it's a and it's a struggle for a lot of people, I think, in particular when it comes to plastic. Yeah, and buying things in plastic. Um, so uh, there'll be a lot of things covering, you know, how to be zero waste away from home as well when you're traveling, when you're going to work, when you're just out and about, and yep. um, and actually creating a minimalist kitchen, you know, and and of course it's vegan. Yeah. And yeah. getting rid of things that are really unnecessary. So it's kind of going through that decluttering process, but also giving you tools and suggestions on how to set up your kitchen um, with a proper system in place so that you can, you know, you can get things in the future as well. Um, and I also actually wanted a really, that's probably the thing that I'm excited about the most is the Zero Waste Recipe Book. So that's going to be... Um, Recipes using ingredients that you'd normally toss in the bin or in the compost. Yep. Um, that you people would go, oh, well, you don't use that, like carrot tops or watermelon skins or, you know, things like that. So yep. um, 
just reducing the amount of things that you're actually throwing out yeah um and utilizing them in food so that's very exciting nice um and then we've got also detox your bathroom which is also another one that i'm taking on so everything from toxic chemicals that you'll find in your skincare your hair care your makeup all that sort of stuff um so after running our online store for two years um i learned a lot and even prior to that i've learned a lot through my mum, through other people through my own um research so I get and asked, your mum's a naturopath, right? Yeah. yeah. So I get asked these questions all the time and so does my mum. And so I think that this is going to be a great resource also for her clients. Yeah. Um, but really drilling down to m- reducing chemicals and how toxic they actually really are because I don't think that a lot of people pay attention to that. And, you know, it's becoming more and more evident products that we're using, how toxic they can be to our health. Um so, and again, creating minimalist routine. I'll go through what I use, um, you know. How to read labels, yeah, all so that stuff. Yeah, so empowering you with the knowledge. You know, I'm not going to say go out and buy this particular product because you could be, you know, doing this course somewhere in Europe or in the States, but you're not going to have access to the same products and I wouldn't expect you to. But, you know, obviously giving you the tools to be able to make those decisions yourself um, and feeling confident in what you're purchasing, then it's good for you and it's good for the animals and the environment is, I guess, the main goal out of that one. Yep. And then lucky last is minimalist blogging, which is one that Michael's going to take. So he, you can yeah, yeah, tell sure. people about that one. So this one is, um, look, this is... Uh, I sort of played around with this idea as a blog post initially, which we've got up on the minimalistvegan.com. Um, and, you know, I know there are a few readers and listeners in our audience that would also like to start a blog, uh, whether that's to, you know, write articles or produce recipes or podcasts or YouTube or whatever it is. So um, I know for us, a huge shift um, in our journey has been starting a blog and writing about our journey. Um, but when things really started to ramp up is when we sort of had a look at our archives of all of our articles and we weren't happy with it. So we actually went back and we so applied. About 18 months ago. Yeah, about 18 months ago, we actually applied minimalism to um, how we write articles. And we actually started deleting articles that were no longer serving us. And we started to write articles more from the heart, more to connect with our audience. And, um, and then through this process of actually getting back to the basics of writing, um, we completely exploded our engagement. So I, I, I call this process of sort of not falling into the trap of the optimized internet of, you know, 10 ways to do this or six ways to do that, things that you just see all over the place. But how do you actually cut through that noise and, um, you know, create content that your audience really engages with that's really honest as well. Um, so I'll be really going through the art and science of blogging uh, through that course. Uh, and yeah, as Marsha said, that one's called Minimalist Blogging. It's really exciting. Yes. Um. And, you know, like it took us a little while to to build on these ideas and what we felt like we could offer people um, based on our experience and knowledge and learnings and research and everything that we've done. So, yeah, we're really excited to 
to share all of those with yeah. you. And there'll be obviously video components to those courses as well. Yep. Um, and if you're interested in letting us know if there's anything that you thought, oh, I wish that they would, you know, do a course on this particular topic, do let us know. Yeah. Um, we'd love to hear from you because, you know, obviously we want to be able to serve you in, in what you're struggling with or what you need help in. So um, feel free to leave us a comment on any social media, send us an email or in the show notes for this blog post, uh, sorry, for this podcast Yes. on the website. So um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. And we've got two other topics. <laughs> There's a lot of updates. Yeah, there is. But this is probably... Well, I think, I don't know, I'm a sucker for design and something that we've been talking about forever Yep. Um, and going back and forth and, you know, since we launched our website just over four years ago, we were never, I don't think we were ever happy with our archives page yep. and how people were able to search our previous content and, you know, interact with it and get inspired and get drawn to certain things, you know, because having a list isn't that exciting and it's kind of hard to weed through what you actually want to. Yeah. So what, so I think what Marsha out. is saying is like, you know, when you go to the minimalistvegan.com, uh, it's a very clean design uh, for you to be able to see the most recent content. But as soon as you want to go back mm. and look at older content, you, cl- you used to click on the archives link in the menu. Well, you still do. Well, no, no, not right no, now. Yeah. No. That's what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> when you, when you used to click on the archives link, will just give you like a manual list of everything that we've published. Yeah. Um, and it was just in a list. For some website Nothing. it works, but for yeah. us, I think, especially with recipes, you really need the visuals. Yes. So, yeah, after we, we fixed some things on our website and we were going, oh, should we use this particular platform to install a new page? But then, you know, and I'm very particular with how things look and the fonts won't be able to go across and... Anyway, so one night Michael just rocks up and shows me this page and it was perfect. Like we'd been talking about trying to compromise one or the other and we didn't realize that, and he didn't realize it. You obviously didn't realize at the time that that was possible. Yeah. But you put it together and it was exactly what we wanted. Yeah. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. You're and welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so now our archives page it's split. Um, well, it's split in two. So we've got recipes. Three. And podcasts. Oh, uh, yeah. But that wasn't part of the, the archives. Oh, yeah. But it's, yeah. All, it's all the same now. So now when you go to the website, you can easily look at articles, recipes, or podcasts. Yeah. Uh, and they all have the same f- sort of format and flow. Yeah. Uh, so it gives things. you all the different categories within the that particular archives And we page. wanted to put search bars all over the place. Yeah. yeah. And you can visually see, you know, it's it's much prettier to look at. So, and I'm, I think we're finding that a lot of people are clicking through on multiple oh yeah it's pages uh, look already, guys so well, if you if, if if you were a reader of our blog before i'd like seriously apologize because i think it was actually <laughs> quite hard to find content previously that wasn't visual but you know as as this episode goes live we've published about 230 posts um you know at the rate that we're going at at the moment are three Posts per week, soon to be four with YouTube. We're going to have well over 300 posts by the end of the year. Yeah. So we really had to think strategically about 
uh, what that experience is like mm-hmm. for for somebody to come and get the content that they want um, for free. And let us know if you're finding it easier, if there's anything that you still feel like it's missing. Um, but I feel like it's super clean. It's easy yeah. to navigate and it actually, it's a much more user-friendly experience. Yeah, and it's motivating for us Yeah, when we go to, it yeah. makes us want to create, I love just looking at create more content. <laughs> I mean, Marsha does all the, the photography for, for our recipes. So, I, I love the desserts category specifically. <laughs> oh, it looks delicious. So, um, yeah, please uh, jump on to theminimalistvegan.com and, and let us know what you think. Cool. So, shall we wrap it up? With about with talking about podcast, yeah. Now this is our eleventh podcast episode, eleventh or 12th? this is our uh, we're recording our eleventh. But yeah. yeah, so we we made it to ten, which is like awesome, <laughs> <laughs> don't you think? Yeah. You know, we've been dreaming about making a podcast, and you know, if you go back to episode ones, uh, we talk about why we started a podcast. But I think um, ten episodes in has taught us a little bit about the power of this platform. Yeah. Um, it, like, I don't know, guys, are people really not reading as much as what they're saying anymore? <laughs> because it's, um, you know, we've had so much feedback from people saying that, oh, we love your podcast. Like, we, we never really read your articles. <laughs> but the fact that you can, you know, multitask and, and listen to this on the go... Um, it's, it's much really, more approachable, it's much more I guess, approachable. for people that are already familiar with podcasting. Yes. Or that already tune into podcasts, you know, for them to add our podcast to the list and tune into what we're doing is much easier than having to read a lengthy blog post and be reminded of that. So, yeah. The interesting thing is with blog posts, you get instant feedback. Yeah. Online, I guess I should specify. But with podcasts, you don't really, unless people leave a review or they leave a comment, it's actually rarer that we'll see people leave a comment on a podcast than, you know, most of our blog posts receive multiple comments. Yeah. So it's it's that whole like, so how are we doing? You know, like it's not just hearing it from your friends and family um, or, you know, yeah. colleagues at work or whatever it was to see, you know, well, they're probably biased because... And- yeah, <laughs> well, and it's also not um, like a podcast is is unlikely to go viral. It's mm. not very shareable. Yeah, uh, as opposed to like uh, like a recipe or an article, or even a YouTube clip that you can easily sort of share with Mm-mm. you know on your Facebook account or Instagram or whatever. I think a podcast. What I've learned is that it's a really personal sort of thing. Mm. Like you just listen, like it's really for your own ears, and it's um it's quite Unless a, it's, it's a sacred so mind blowing, or you have someone that's going through that exact you know thing that you're listening to, and you feel like it would change their life. Yeah, that's pretty much the only time that you that you know we've shared podcasts or that we've thought about other people sharing it with us. Yes, um, so it's not as I guess approachable in that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but um. What what else have you like? What have you? How's it been for you? Like recording ten episodes with me. Good. It's actually made me like I normally hate the sound of my own voice and the way that I talk, but it's been a good process to get comfortable with that and actually be okay. Yeah. Like I'm not going. I'm not cringing every time I'm listening back and writing out the show notes for it. Um, That's good. Yeah. But now it's like because initially, initially you you did I, not like it. Yeah, 
No. And I mean, there's still a bit of hang up there, but it's just more, more about acceptance rather than resistance because it's like, well, I can't change anything. It's the way it, that it is. Isn't that cool though? It is about acceptance. Mm. It's like, it's, you get a better understanding of yourself. You're like, oh, that's the way I sound. Yeah. But then like when you get comfortable with it, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah that's. But one thing I did realize is that my energy and my projection isn't as good as yours naturally that's just the way that we are yeah um so that's been like you know i've tried a little bit harder to be a bit louder or to to bring a bit more energy naturally to it because it it's it's different when someone's tuning in and just listening to you rather than sitting here talking to you but mind you a lot of people that we know Friends and family have said it's like being in the room listening to you guys talking or me being even part of the conversation. Yeah. So it's very easy, you know, like it's good feedback because that means that we're not pretending to be something that we're not. True. So, um, yeah, I feel like that's been really useful to be like, okay, you know, that's kind of what we were aiming for anyways. Yeah. Um, But... And I think that we've had a few people also say, you know, when you guys leave, it'll be easy because then I can tune into listening to your voices yeah. <laughs> whenever I feel yeah, like it. Yeah, well, it's, you know? it, but and, it is. Um, but that's what yeah. we wanted. We wanted it to feel like you're just part of a conversation. Yeah. And um, I like it. I know, we, you I, love talking. <laughs> that love, does not surprise me one bit. <laughs> this 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 medium of podcasting is made for me. Yeah. Because but you love consuming podcasts. I as do. Well, so it's like it's a match oh, made in heaven. It's so really. good. But it's like I like listening to our episodes. Mm. Uh and I don't say that um <laughs> it's some egotistical thing. I say that because it's like um, you know, I think as a creator you always aspire to create something that you want. And also you and, learn, you know, with each time and, I And imagine. I'm also curious to learn. Like yeah. I'm, I'm a nerd. I just want to, oh, okay, so we can do that next time or Or you give me feedback and... like don't say people as often or <laughs> say certain <laughs> things and then I just, you know. But it's good even if it wasn't for the podcast. I mean, obviously because we're recording it and listening to it multiple times, yeah, you do get to know yourself that little bit more and be more self-aware of the things that you're doing that – Maybe you'd like to make a bit of a switch on yeah, um, and be a better speaker in that sense and not say like a million times or um or as me, as I would say. Or stuff like that. Stuff or me, like I that say absolutely. 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 You also absolutely. lately st- <laughs> started saying, you make an interesting point. Oh, really? I noticed that no, even we in say our that, conversation. We say, we say interesting all the time. We say, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, but that it's funny because I think we even picked that up from my nephew Isaac after we were playing Uno cards, and he was like, "Oh, that's interesting," <laughs> and like look at his cards, and you don't know. Actually, normally it was like a, "Oh, I've got better cards than you," so yeah, kind yeah. of showing off. Yeah. And ever since then, I've actually realised that we use it more, or maybe we've noticed it more yeah. because of how he's flagged it for us in our heads. But, yeah, so... And the yep, yep, yep. Remember yeah. that? First couple episodes, I was just like, yep, 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 Well, yep. you cut those out, so you probably no, wouldn't. Yeah, but it, you're sort of mindful to just sort of let yeah. the other person speak. Yeah, yeah. And so it's really nuanced things you learn about yourself mm. uh, in this process. that's yeah. just the, the process of, you know, 
trying new things and learning as and we both knew and I think this is where you've got to be okay with trying new things and knowing it's not going to be perfect from day one because it can't be yep. otherwise you'll never put anything out yeah so yep <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting to see and feel okay with just just going with it and knowing that it's just going to get better with time and like that's the game like anything but that's you know? the game of life i think it's yeah. it's it's constantly putting yourself uh, exposing yourself to new challenges and and you know and seeing and getting the development and growth out of it. Yeah. So, but but I am surprised of how quickly we've become comfortable mm. podcasting. Mm. Um, I think YouTube is going to be oh, YouTube, just a I'm different. Of, to be I am honest. terrified of YouTube <laughs> as well. It's not even like I think. Well, the editing part is the most terrifying. Oh, the part, editing is just. But also capturing and i've just gotten and comfortable with my voice let alone my face every time i try and do like a <laughs> facebook instagram story yeah. and i do my face and the just the way that my face moves i go how is that even possible with all these not twitches but like you know shapes that you know, I go, oh, I didn't know that my mouth pulled that way and because you obviously yeah. don't talk to yourself in the mirror yeah but yeah, I think that's going to be the next level of acceptance of, <laughs> of being with yourself and being comfortable in your own skin. Yeah. But that's only confidence building and I think it's sure. it's it's important actually for everyone to do it. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying everyone Whether you go publish out it or and, not, yeah, it's, it's, start a YouTube channel. Yeah. But, but everything. I think, you know, every creative form. I mean, writing, we learn so much about ourselves in writing. Yeah. Um, and now with audio, we're learning more and video is going to be the same. But mm. I think video is just more pressure because we're both very visual. Yeah. Um, so yeah. there's going to be high expectations that we don't have the skills to execute on our vision. So mm. I think, you know, we just got to get started. Mm. Like like with the podcast, like with courses, like writing a book, all the things that we've done, we, just, we know that it's all about just getting started. Yeah. And you get better over time. Cool. But yeah, the pot, I think if there's one negative thing about podcasting for me it's the uh the itunes store situation like with reviews so we're in a we're based in australia so we're signed into an australian itunes account so um when you submit a review you can the review is only going to show up in your country or region in that itunes account mm. so it makes it really hard as a podcaster to sort of see reviews from around the world and to see if you've got any feedback or you know yeah. if you if you're enjoying it it's it's i don't it's know a bit why convoluted done, it's a bit convoluted so like yeah so you you have to get some like third party apps that update every month to show you reviews from different countries and so um that is a little bit frustrating um because we're used to the scene comments and analytics wherever we like online. So yeah. um, if you're listening to this and you are a podcast or you know this process um, and you've got a really easy way of seeing reviews from around the world, please uh, reach out and let me know. Um, I am open to any suggestions or tools to be able to better manage that. So what are you using at the moment? Uh, I'm not using anything. We're, we're currently copying and pasting like an iTunes URL 
and trying to guess the oh, domain so name for the country. Oh, so you're just talking about the reviews part, not like the analytics part. No, the reviews part. We okay. do have some analytics from our podcast host, yeah. but I think that's as good as it gets. Yeah. But in terms of actually just seeing the reviews, um, we, you know, because we can only see the Australian reviews. Mm. Um, I mean, based on the analytics, it's actually a lot of people have listened to us and it's been really humbling yeah. to see the amount of ears that have been plugged in to our voices. What? Uh, what headphones you know? plugged into yeah. ears, yeah. What did I say? Ears plugged into... Voices? Yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> Anyways, but I'd love to actually, if you don't follow us on Instagram, jump on and follow us at The Minimalist Vegan. I'd love to hear where you're listening to this. And we'll share it in our Instagram stories. So if you just do a quick uh, Instagram live and hashtag or tag us, not hashtag, tag at the minimalist vegan. And then we'd love to just see what you're doing. And because I'm fascinated with that type of stuff when I see other people doing it or sharing and I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, you know, they're sitting there having their breakfast, looking out the window or they're cooking or they're doing something else or running, walking their dog or whatever it is, it'll be actually cool to see where where we get you um, on our podcast. Yeah. So, yeah, share it with us. We'd love to see it. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, Marshall. We, We've covered so much. We have covered a lot. <laughs> so, guys, there's an update um, of what's what's been going on in our lives. Um, I hope it's given you a bit of inspiration to reflect on, you know, some of the things that are happening in your life as well. But um, we might do this from time to time just to change up the content. Uh, And just to like, I mean, let us know if you're interested to hear what's going on behind the scenes because that's where we can actually, you know, catch up and and really reflect on what's been what's been going on and to to share that with you you know i imagine that you will find some value out of one of those you know categories that we've talked about or you might find some of the courses interesting or you know us talking about our debt or you know things that you can relate to as well so yeah yeah. no worries all right well thanks for tuning in as always and we'll catch you on the next episode yeah thanks for catching up (laughs) see you bye bye there it is guys episode 11 of the minimalist vegan podcast i hope you enjoyed our different format uh, for this episode I know Marsha and I really had a good time catching up and just sort of discussing where we're at uh, with a few things that we're working on at the moment, both personally and professionally. And I hope it inspired you to do the same thing. You know, sometimes we we get so deep in in what we're doing that uh, we can find it hard to come up and and take a breath of fresh air. So um, hopefully you will slow down and uh, do that similar kind of assessment and recognition. Um, But look, if there's one thing that we are really excited about from that conversation, it's minimalistcourses.com. You know, we're we're really working hard to create as much value as we can uh, through some of our experiences and a variety of topics in online programs. So uh, please make sure to check out the website. You'll have an opportunity to sign up for 
uh, any course uh, to find out when they come out or on the homepage, minimalistcourses.com to just get an overview of the upcoming uh, courses that we roll out over time. And you'll also be able to respond to the email when you sign up to interact with Marsha and I directly about any feedback that you have. Um, Anyway, guys, um, I might leave it at that for, for this week. Um, thank you for tuning in we don't take your attention for granted it really means a lot to us Um, and here's to living with less stuff and more compassion chat to you next week peace